It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, welcome in to the afternoon show, 2 to 6, right here on 94 WIP. Ike Reese, whoo, it's good to be back. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, I don't even know how long we'll be saying Happy New Year. We're getting this show started. Sunday did not get started off on the right foot. I'm happy to be joined by my co-host today. We actually got six hours of this talk radio show to do today together. Can't wait. My main man, the number one beat writer you need, mm. Elliot Short Parks in What's the house. Up? Man, it's good to hear some applause. I didn't think uh, <laughs> I didn't think after that win on or loss on Sunday, people would be too happy today. And I'm guessing that won't be the reaction. I, I was gonna say they they they're giving you a warm welcome. It's yeah. the new year. The show hasn't necessarily started yet. You haven't given your opinion. So those will see if they're apply- oh, yeah, yeah, clapping easily after. turn the booze in, 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 in no time here. No yeah. time here. I mean, look just jump right into it. Obviously, super pumped to be here for six hours today because these are the days, as sick as it is, like you want to be on WIP and talk to the fans. Uh, man, that loss on Sunday, being at the stadium, I kept thinking, what was Jeffrey Lurie thinking as that was falling apart? I think there's certain days where you're at the stadium and a loss like that, it was just ugly. The team yeah. blew it. Uh, I thought they came out, and they come out and they get a lead, but after that, they have almost no life in the second half. The defense couldn't stop anybody. The move to get, go to Matt Patricia obviously has not worked out. And I think, you know, we, we get a chance to be on the air and talk about a lot of Eagles games and, and recently a lot more wins. But of all the losses we've talked about, I can't think of one in recent memory that was as disappointing and as bad as that loss we just witnessed. Yeah, and we need to dive into it more. 215-592-9494. Give us a call. Listen, I've been listening in the last two days. Caught a little bit of the, uh, the airwaves yesterday. Shout out to all the guys, the on-air guys that worked on New yeah. Year's Day, as I certainly was not going to be working on New Year's Day. But I'm in today because I needed an extra 24 hours to allow this stuff to sort of seep in, right? I mean, I did not envision them losing that game Sunday uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. I thought coming off of last week's game versus the Giants, they had sort of started to turn a corner, and maybe we could use that game against the Giants to sort of continue the momentum and go on a two-game to three-game winning streak. Certainly it would have helped us with the number two seed. Now we find ourselves as the number five seed. And we got, listen, we got, like I said, we got all of this show to get into it. And, and I think you and I are going to do, a, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, check back in with you at 545. But I think I'm going to do the uh, Brandon Graham show with you and Howard there we go. Keep as it well. Because you're doing the Players' Lounge with myself and Hugh and Jordan Mylotta. So, uh, we are brothers in arm today, you and I. It's the only thing out. in the city feels like that's functioning right? together. Right? And, uh... and, and you and I decided to come to work today and bring um, 
our best effort. Yeah. So let me just start off by saying this. There's been a lot of talk over the last 48 hours about the head coach and his job security and whether or not his job should be on the line. We're going to get into the game and the players and all of that sort of thing, but it seems like everybody wants to talk about Nick Sirianni and blame him. And, and for some strange reason, people really believe his job should be in jeopardy. Shout out to uh, Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie this morning. Awesome interview with the coach as they talked to him, usually after the game. They had two days to wait uh, as he spoke yesterday uh, afternoon, but they weren't on yesterday morning, so they did the interview today. Great line of questioning, tough questions to be asked yeah. and answered uh, on both sides, but I'll give Nick Sirianni credit for his answers, his candid responses, and quite frankly, there was a sense of, um, I don't know, assurance that I heard coming out of his mouth. I didn't hear a lot of stammering and stuttering and, and reaching for this and that and the other. It didn't sound like he's been threatened with his job security, nor should he have been, nor should he be. So I'll state this before I let you give your thoughts on it. Uh, we're talking about a coach um, who's been to the playoffs three years out of the three years he's been here as the head coach. Gotten the team to the Super Bowl in the second year to not afford him the ability to fix whatever is wrong with this team right now as we come down the stretch. And I'm not saying he's not held responsible. He's the head coach. Of course, of course he's liable for some of this. But is he liable to, a, to the point where it should cost him his job? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You can be concerned. You can have questions. You can be frustrated with him. You can question him. I got all those things. I'm on board with all of that. But I draw the line at the fact this man should lose his job after this season. And I just think it's – we, we will discuss it, but I, I just think it's ridiculous to discuss, quite frankly. Yeah. I, we'll do it because that's what the people want to talk about. G give, give me your yeah, thoughts so I, on I this. I think there, there's two ways to, to look at it. One is short-term, and then there's big picture. Mm -hmm. Short-term, that game on Sunday, in my opinion, Sirianni holds the most blame for why they lost that game. But it's not for the reason people think. The, that that three-play uh, offensive sequence in the second half where – they, you know, the first and 20, second and 20, and third and 17. Like, those were not great plays. But I think what people are missing is there were player mistakes on that. And when I look at, at why this team is struggling, I still think it's the players more, more than Sirianni. Sirianni's responsible for a lot of things. One, this team is still sloppy. If you look at the, the sequence on Sunday, mm -hmm. they had a penalty, right? Yep. That, that's on the players, but that's on Nick, too. They had to burn a timeout before the third down. At the end of the game, they have no more timeouts to kill the clock because they had communication errors. Mm -hmm. This is something they've been having all season. So if Nick's not going to call plays or if he's not going to be the main play caller, he has to be perfect, in my opinion, on managing the game. Like, I'm not saying managing the game is, is easy, but it shouldn't be as hard as sometimes it's made out to be. This team constantly is burning timeouts. They're constantly wasting time on the clock. I think he makes poor decisions in situational football, which is crazy because he emphasizes it so much. If you look at some of the decisions over the year, and when they were 10-1, and 1, you could overlook from a little. Week two against Minnesota, he says he forgot that they were supposed to go for two. Against Washington, DeAndre Swift scores when he shouldn't. Against other time against Washington, they score right away, and there's a lot of time left on the clock. Like, I think Sirianni this year, as to why the team feels like it's where they're at, is because they have made life harder on themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what you saw on Sunday. They're a better team than the Cardinals. There's no question about that. They're a better team than the Seahawks. But what they do is they make life harder on themselves. And that's on Sirianni, but it's on the players as well. If you look at some of the play calls, there are missed blocks. There are penalties before there. There are drops by the receivers. Like, no one at this team is functioning at a high level. And so to your point, 
Does Sirianni deserve blame? Absolutely. He's the head coach. He deserves blame for everything that happens. Yeah. But all these fire Sirianni calls, are you trading A.J. Brown? He's dropped passes. Are you getting rid of Jordan Mailata? He jumped off sides. The players have also made mistakes to get to where they're at. And by the way, they're still 11-5. and five. Let's not talk like this is 20. Oh, 11 this and is, five. This is there 20. We go. Yeah, well, it's, this isn't 2020 when they were 4-11. and 11. Like, this is not falling apart. It just feels that way. It feels that way. Well, lately it does. I got, I'm with you. The first 11 weeks didn't feel didn't that way. Didn't feel that way. No. But when I look at where this team is at, the frustrating thing for me is how sloppy they are and how they make life harder on themselves. And Sirianni deserves blame for that. But on a large scale, to say Sirianni should be on, on the hot seat or fired, I think is ludicrous. He's been he's overachieved arguably every year of his career. Everyone loves to point out what Shane Steichen's doing in Indianapolis. Sirianni did that here in Philadelphia his first year. So I think Sirianni has exceeded expectations. He is struggling right now, but the offense is fine. The offensive scheme is fine. The play huh? the play calling is fine. Huh? The issue is this team is sloppy. That's where the mistakes are, and that's well, where it has to be fixed. Well, hold on. See, just <laughs> this is why I love you, because I can start off agreeing with you, and eventually you're going to say Well, what's something. wrong with the well, play hold call? on, hold on, hold on. I don't want you to get all fired up yet. We got six hours to get yeah, through Yeah, I'm ready today. to go. Don't you're worry. You're not going to have me sweating in here all day for six hours <laughs> yelling at you. We got we to pace ourselves through this thing. But I, I, I will push back a little bit on scheme, play calling, decision making, some of those things. I got to give him a lot more of the um, – responsibility and blame for why those things aren't working. But I'll ask you this poignantly, and I'll throw this out there to our listeners and callers, 215-592-9494. It's as simple as this, because this is what I've gathered from listening over the last couple of days. It seems like people have given up on Nick Sirianni, or they don't believe in him anymore. So I'll just throw this to you. Have you given up on Nick Sirianni as the head coach? Absolutely not. I think Sirianni is still a great head coach. The record speaks for itself. The performance on the field as a whole speaks for itself. They have one of the best offenses in the league. Everyone concerned about the offense. The offense was not the problem on Sunday. No, now, I agree with now, you. Now, Sirian- At the end of the game, it was, but, yeah. but for the 90% of that game, the offense was not right. the problem. Well, so Sirianni also deserves blame for the defense, for what it's worth. But we're, we're being honest about what Sirianni's job is. It's manage the game, and it's get the offense going. Sure. The offense is operating at mostly a fine level and has operated this season as a whole at a high level compared to all the other offenses in the NFL. So I don't really have uh, much concern about Sirianni. What I'm also disappointed, though, is, and this is part of the Sirianni discussion, I don't know if the players still believe in Sirianni. Well, th- we're going to dive into that, too. Yeah. Because I think that's, that, that is a huge part of this equation. It's one thing for people on the outside maybe right. to not believe in him, but the players believing in him, still playing hard for him, is much more impactful. And I'm wondering, is this what we're seeing out there on the field? What we're seeing on the field, is that a result of whether or not guys are buying into Coach Sirianni anymore? And, and not just – And here's the funny, here's the sort of tough dichotomy of breaking this down is, is it singular player? Is it multiple players? Is it just one side of the ball? Does the defense not even pitch? Like, I don't know. This is the weird part of the dynamics of this team that I want to get into, 215-592-9494, when we talk about believing in Nick Sirianni. So let's get to the phones, Elliot. Because you and I, I know we, we can go. We, we can go for a while. That's why I love working with you because I know you got a lot. Well, there's a lot to get into. It's a lot of information in that head of yours, and you've yeah. been off for a couple of That size days. eight know, hat, you know. Yeah, uh, I know you yeah. want to get in here. But we start to show off here in the afternoons, in the afternoon show. 2024, Happy New Year to everybody, too. 
Feels like it. Yeah. Listen, this is the only day I'm working this week, so let's get all these calls let's in here it. and let's get this thing pumping out. When I do return next week, we can stop it with the Happy New Year. You get seven days to say Happy New Year. After Even the, seven's a lot. Yeah, that, that's a lot, Yeah, right? maybe two or three. Okay. All right, let's get Black Gritty up here. We're not going to say Happy New Year to everybody. PG, <laughs> welcome to the Afternoon well, Show, brother. Let's do a blanket Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, <laughs> what up, man? Happy What's New up, Year, let me tell you guys, uh, I didn't get to do it, so I'm going to just tell you it's a Misery Tuesday. So let me start my new year off with a Misery! <laughs> Man, the 2023 Eagles. I am hurting, dog. I'm hurting. It is, it is a bad time in Philadelphia. Flip-flops, you out there tweeting that our coach is better than Gannon. These two dudes work together. So... If one guy knows what the other guy's doing, I would think if you were a good offensive coach, you would know how to beat the other guy's defense when you work hand in hand with him year after year. So you're telling me, like you're telling me Gannon this, is a better. Let me finish what I'm saying. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We, one guy lost the game, the other guy didn't, okay? The other guy knew it was going down late in crunch time, kept the ball away from the other team, and he looked like he had answers for what our guy was doing. And yes, we scored points, but not when it mattered most. We didn't have anything frequent when it came to crunch time. Keeping it close is what people always do to us. And this guy, Gannon, got to come and do this to us at home on the last game with Kelsey and Bobby BG and, and, and Cox. Like, he just came in here and did that to us. Like, I, you think the team is supporting this guy? You, you wonder why the city is not behind him? They don't have answers in the press conferences. They're talking crazy. And on the sidelines, we can all see it in 4K that nobody looks like they believe this guy has the answers to help them get where they need to be. And, yes, it was the Cardinals, but it was almost the guys. We put it up to a fluke. And then it was the Seahawks league. And, yes, we know the defense is terrible and the defense is crap. But the head coach says it was my decision to fire the side and to bring up this guy. Everything starts with me. It's my offense. Well, if it's your offense and this is the kind of thing you want to do, a QB run late in the game on repeat like you're playing Madden with a five-year-old, then, yes, it's embarrassing for you. And, yes, everybody wants to run him out of the city because it feels exactly like the headlines when you find Doug Peterson, who won me my only Super Bowl. So if you're telling me this guy is better than a Super Bowl winning coach, I don't think so. So you can sit here for the next six hours and say what you want to say and play how you want to play, but we are upset and the pitchforks are out. And nobody's happy right now. Nobody's yeah, I happy. Under- I understand. Them. I understand nobody being happy. You happy talk about- New Year, Com- Yeah, seriously. You compared him to Doug Peterson, right? Yes. What happened the year after Doug won the Super Bowl? What did the well, team go? They, they, nine they, and seven? Yeah, nine what, and what, seven. Nine and eight. They limped nine and seven, yeah. The reality is, look, no, nothing is functioning at a they high level. They did get back to the divisional round. The reason well. this team is struggling overall, in my opinion, is they are tired and they're at the end of that Super Bowl run. There's a reason. Tired? There's, it, it's a reality. There's a reason no team in 40 years has lost the Super Bowl from the NFC and gone back the next year. It doesn't happen, right? Oh, For them to oh. be where they're at right now, it's a, well, like it, that. That is I can't what it get is. Tired. Wait, wait, no, but, but, but when he Go says ahead. when he says on the sideline they look frustrated and right. mad, that's because that's what the season is after you lose the Super Bowl. I tried to tell everybody this all off season, and it was well, no, they have Jalen and Nick. Like they, they they cannot buck history this much. It just they they got off to a hotter start than people thought. But what you're seeing is when I look at this team, I look at the players, I look at Nick during press conferences, I look at Jalen, they look like they are tired and the, the, the run from the Super Bowl has caught up to them. Well, and Nick definitely looks tired. That's because he spends a lot of hours over there watching film. He's yeah, not getting much For sleep. all those receivers. You can't screens. tell me Jalen looks tired. Well, no, Jalen's still. Yeah, yeah Jalen looks fresh yeah. as a daisy yeah. when, he, when he's up but, there. But I'm saying, like, this is what it is after you lose the Super Bowl. So if you want to talk okay. about big picture concern with Sirianni, 
I, like, if I'm Jeffrey, I'm sitting up there and I'm going, the season afterwards, look at Andy Reid, right? Best head coach in the history of the yeah. franchise. Go to the Super Bowl in 04, 05, what'd they win? Yeah. Six, seven games? Well, 2017, they, they win the they, Super Bowl. It, it, the circumstances of that year but, after the Super Bowl was a but little the more point, extreme. Yes, agree, but the point I'm making is every year it's something different. In 18, it was injuries. In right. 05, it was T.O. Right. This year, it's going to whatever it'll finally be when they lose. Like, when you come off the Super Bowl, the steam runs out. And to me, this team looks like they're out of ideas, and they're tired, and they're fed up. Like, uh, well, Black, fed up. They're not playing like they're fed up. Black Gritty's right, though. If you look at the sideline, they look frustrated he just pulled a magic trick too where were you at in the damn bathroom oh, wow. i sitting thought you were right still in, yeah you're sitting right in front of us i now. thought you were still on the line were you yelling outside or something that was awesome. i just think the anger and the anger <laughs> the anger is misguided i understand being frustrated with sirianni don't worry it's about to get guided in the right direction yeah, i'm sure it will yes the players are just as big of a problem as sirianni in this situation it's not the offensive scheme it's not the play calling it's the execution of these plays that first and 20 play there was a play to be made there but they lost their blocks mm -hmm. the second and, and 16 play whatever it was half the offensive line was in the backfield by the time Jalen had sure. the ball. And then on third down, what are you going to do there? You don't want to kill the clock. So people are mad at the play calling and the execution. That's not the problem. The problem is the players, and the problem is all this, like the last year's Super Bowl and this tough wow. schedule catching up to them. That yeah. is what it is. Yeah, see, I'm only half in with you on that. I'll, I'll give players some of the blame there if you want to divvy the blame up amongst the players and the coaches. I got no problem with that. What I'm not going to give you, though, is being tired. That's what I'm not going to give you from a guy who knows what it's like to actually practice all year long and have physical practices compared to what's going on in today's NFL. I don't want to hear about anybody being tired. This is the afternoon show. We're at Chickies and Pete's in South Philly, uh, and the show is brought to you by Chickies and Pete's in South Philly. Make sure you join us live tonight for the Brandon Graham Show and the Players' Lounge at 6 p.m. and continuing through the Eagles' playoffs, however long that may last uh, around here. I don't think they really want me saying that but what the no. hell can i say i got to keep it real with everybody 215-592-9494 come on down here to chickies and Pete's so we can actually commiserate as a community down here time to rebound yeah together man i know every, most people went back to work today kids went back to school today but some of you took an extra day off yeah because i seen you out there let's get back to the phone lines maybe we'll get a little knowledge without college oh, here we go one of our favorite callers are calling i don't even know what angle og is coming from today i'm guessing is, not the player was well, Jalen under fire right now he should be it, he, he should, should be okay I don't, you know OG's up early so he know he normally only calls early when he needs to call in to defend right the Duke I didn't hear the Duke being under fire let's get the OG in here OG Wade welcome to the afternoon show what's up fellas how we doing today what up happy new year my guy OG same to you guys man talk to hey, me OG First of all, hold on. Have you, first of all, I get the, I got to get the show question out of the way. I'm new to this. Uh, have you given up on Nick Sirianni? Um, I haven't given up on him, but I do. I do believe that we need to make a change at at, at head coach. At the end okay. of the year, I do. <laughs> Certainly sounds like you gave what up you on mean? him. Well, you, no, you're yeah. ready to fire him. <laughs> well, here's what I, here's what I'm saying. Nick Sirianni, the man, the person. I think he's a great dude. But in terms of a deer in the headlights. In terms of a guy clutching or a woman clutched in her purse whenever she see a, something threatening, it seems like he's stuck in that damn Super Bowl mode, whereas though he was supposed to come back this year with aggression. Because why? It was his lack of their aggression that cost us the Super Bowl, I believe, okay? Because he punted the ball when he should have went for it on fourth and one and all that other good stuff. But here is the cardinal rule about knowing how to win games. 
when you are in the position where you lose both coordinators, the one main thing that you have to do as a head coach is how can you solidify something good? That's something good was that offense that we had that Jalen knew so well. Why in the hell would you put in a new offense knowing that you're going to have a new defense being put in with new uh, defense coordinators, who new said, defensive players? We, who, huh? who said we put in a new offense? Nick. Nick said the offense he's running right now is his offense. It's always been his offense. No, 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 no. Listen. And I know I well, you, this is not what you, he said. You could. He said he also there, said they've been running the same thing for three years. And and I'm telling you they haven't. And if okay. you can't open up your eyes and look at this offense right now and see the difference in this offense from last year, there's something seriously wrong with you. Yeah, I agree. There's because, a problem, but the problem is the players are dropping the ball and fumbling it all. No, 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 well, no, well, no, here, no. Here's the other thing, though, OG. They can't like Shane Steichen isn't here, so they can't. He he, he can't call the plays that Shane Steichen would call because he's no, not Shane no, Steichen. No. That's what not what I'm saying, Ike. What I'm saying is this here is continuity. When if you have been with Shane Steichen for the years that he's been with him, mm-hmm. you can t- you can you you can't tell me he can't pick up a pattern of what he does. You can't go and look at game tape. You got Jalen there. You got Brian Johnson there. So all of those things should have may allowed you to pick up some type of uh, um, security of what Shane Steichen was given, and then. On top of all of what I just said, then you have A.J. Brown, who is, to me, he's wearing a C on his chest, which I don't belong, be, belong, I don't think belongs there because he's not the type of guy. He's saying that too much is given, much is expected. Okay, so why aren't you talking? Why are you being a problem in the locker room? Why are you, you showing, like, baby attitudes type of stuff? Because now what it has is that, Players like Jason Kelsey is going to jail and, yo, can you talk to your boy? Because it's messing up what we're trying to do here. And Jalen can't even go and talk to him because he's shunning Jalen. All I'm saying, Ike, is it's just an abundance of things. And when you have that, it goes back to the head coach. Sure. This guy is supposed to manage that type of thing. It should not be Jalen's job to manage these, these grown men's damn attitudes. I, but he, I, 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 listen, I, I agree with you, OG. It's, it's, it's not a quarterback's responsibility. It's not babysitting AJ, and AJ's a grown man, so he, he can't tell AJ what to well, do. And, and Sirianni said today that he's spoken to AJ yeah. a bunch of times. So I, I don't think OG's saying that it, it, Nick's leaving it up to Jalen is true. Like right. I, I think Nick is very involved in the the culture and all those things. I, I tell you what, uh, we will eventually get to that part of the discussion when we talked about. Um, have the players given up uh, on Nick Sirianni? And I know a lot of this we can parse to defense and we like to single out certain guys offensively, but A.J. is a topic of discussion for everyone. His lack of being vocal right now, and it's almost from a – he's sort of restraining himself because, as he said, his grandmother told him or his mom, I'm paraphrasing, that if you don't have anything good to say about anyone, don't say anything at all. So that implies. And now he hasn't talked for two weeks. Right. That <laughs> implies that he doesn't have very fond things to say about something or someone. And I wonder, or people are starting to wonder, if it's he 
has an issue with the offensive play calling, the coordinator or the head coach. So we're going to get into that. Too. And, and, and whether or not A.J. is being a good leader, yes. if he does. See, that's the whole thing. It's one thing to have a problem, but how you're handling it. Are you being impactful from a negative standpoint or a positive standpoint? I want to get into that because that's sort of a weird dynamic with A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Strong personality, great talent, great player, but a lot like T.O., when things aren't going your way, he's not happy, and sometimes that has an effect, an impact on those around him, particularly those on that side of the ball, because everybody feels that weight because that's what he carries in the room. 215-592-9494. Elliot Shore Parks hanging out with me here at Chickies and Peace. We're in South Philly. I guess it's semi, still the holiday season. I guess semi. It's semi. Yeah. Semi. And the weather feels good out there. Snow well, it feels like it's spring out there, the and way. it's going to snow on Sunday. On so. the way. On the way. And we got another Eagles game coming up Sunday. No, the regular season is not over. So call on up. Join us right here on the afternoon show on 94 WIP. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that was our head coach, uh, Nick Sirianni, on with the uh, morning show, Joe DeCameron and John Ritchie. Great job uh, with those guys this morning uh, asking and answering the tough questions that, that fans wanted to hear. See, this is why I don't envy not having the coach on. No, no fun there. Yeah, I, I need yeah. my key card to work when I head down to the Nova Care. Yeah, but I need revoking my key card. That, uh, yeah. I mean – those are the toughest questions Nick had to answer probably since he, uh, yeah. since he got hired. And, and, and they were legit questions. When you're, when you're at a time where you've lost four out of five games, you were sitting at 10-1, and one, and the team seemingly is collapsing right now. I don't know any other way to describe it. You could say he's in a, they're in a rut and all this other stuff, but when you're 10-1 and one and you're coming down the stretch – You've lost four out of five, potentially five out of six. Like, this is no, this is no gimme when they go to New York Sunday. At this point, you have no idea. There At is this no point, gimme. You have no idea. And yeah. who knows what's going to happen if they, get, if they have to go to Tampa or New Orleans. I don't feel as worried about Atlanta, but my luck, we'll lose to Taylor Heineke in the damn. Or Bijan. Bijan Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Bijan running all over him. And, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. In the, in the playoff game. Bijan oh, or bust. It starts yeah. and ends the season. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I mean, that could also happen. And I think that's where fans' frustration and, and concern sort of sits right now because they can almost envision this season ending this way. Well, and so then- – and that, and that would be – and real quick, that's the type of stuff that does get someone fired. I'm not saying Nick Sirianni should or will be fired, but – Assistant coaches, coordinators, yeah, you lose, what, six out of seven games coming down the stretch? Or five, was it five out of six games? Yeah. Whatever it would be, five out of six games coming down the stretch. And I'm including the playoff game if they were to lose in that first round. You think Jeffrey Lurie, is it, his head might explode. Well, and I think that's, a, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I mean, with a team that he spent this much money on and is this talented and was sitting at 10-1, and one, yeah. that's the stuff that does get – that, that, that calls people their jobs and right that, there. That's what Lurie is going to have to ask himself. Because on one hand, I do firmly believe 
you can almost just chalk this up to this is what it is when you come off the Super Bowl. I think like Lurie could that it's not an excuse. It's not being a homer. Like it's the reality of the situation. When you come off losing the Super Bowl, it is extremely, extremely hard to go back and to do what they did last year. So that is part of it. But what's concerning to me about this team right now, and I think you saw it on Sunday, last year when there were mistakes, and let's not sugarcoat it, last year, even though they had a great record, they, like, there was trouble, trouble stopping the run. They almost lost to the Colts. They almost lost to the Cardinals. There was the second-half point thing. Like, there were things that did not go well last year. But last year when they made a mistake or had a problem, it felt like they believed they were going to fix it. Mm -hmm. And that answer Sirianni just gave right there. He's almost apologizing for beating the Giants. Like he says, we won last week, but I know it's not how we won. Like this year it feels to me that whenever something goes wrong or whenever they get a little bit of momentum, they almost talk themselves out of it. And they feel as if uh, this is not a problem that's fixed. And they do it both with their words and their play. Like, they go up 21-6. to six. They're up 10 nothing against Seattle. They have control of the Jets game. One or two things go wrong in that game, and it just craters. And what Lurie has to figure out is, is that because of the circumstance of the season, or is that a larger pitcher concern? Because to your point, while I don't think they should fire Sirianni, and I do believe he deserves to be back, if Jeffrey, Jeffrey's in that building, like he talks to the players, sure. and if he feels there is a lack of faith in the head coach, that is a concern. Like, that that, is that would be an issue. You, that yes. is something you have to address if you're Jeffrey, and that's what he has to figure out right now because, to, to quote Black Gritty, like you look at the video on the sideline, and they look like a disjointed sideline right now. So you and I both said that we still believe in Nick Sirianni, or to our Twitter question, we haven't given up right. on Nick And I Sirianni. still believe in him. Like, yes. I believe that Nick is a great head coach. I think yeah. you've seen it this year. You've seen it in his time here. I am nowhere near the, like, Sirianni was a fraud and can't figure it out thing. Yeah. I believe Nick Sirianni is a great head coach. Yeah, great is a little bit of a strong uh, word to describe him, but okay. I, I, I think he's a good head coach with a lot of good qualities that's still in sort of his infancy stages as a head coach only in his third year. So I'd like to see how he does bounce back mm -hmm. from not meeting expectations. This will be the first year that he hasn't met expectations. First two years of his coaching tenure, he exceeded expectations. Got the team in the playoffs, coming off a terrible year. The end with Doug and Carson. Doug being fired, Carson being traded, found a way to get that team into the playoffs after a 2-5 and five start, and then in the second year got him in the Super Bowl. So he exceeded expectations for two straight years. This is the first year to this point, to this point, if they have a miraculous turnaround, they're not going to meet expectations this year because, in my opinion, with this roster, with this talent, it was Super Bowl or bust for me. Not necessarily win the Super Bowl, but you, you needed to be back mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl or it was not going to be a successful season, and we don't look like we're headed there. 215-592-9494. Have you given up on Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni? Seems like a lot of people have. We're starting to get a few more people that's, that haven't necessarily given up on him, but they certainly are critical or concerned with some of his coaching coming down the stretch here. Got to remind you that the afternoon show is brought to you by Chickies and Pete's. Go where the players go. Chickies and Pete's is the only place to watch all the Eagles playoff action, no matter how long or short it may be. Find the location at chickiesandpeach.com. Okay, I think I better quit throwing those ad libs in there. I was going to say at this point, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, I still think they're going to win their first playoff game. Okay, okay. I mean, well, let's not get ahead yeah. of ourselves. You may feel differently after Sunday, so let's not get yeah, ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. see them play Sunday. And by the way, I don't think we're going to have Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. We, we definitely won't, won't have him. We won't yeah. have him. Devontae Smith. <laughs>
Yeah, anytime a player's in a walking boot Devontae and crutches, yes. it's not, not a good thing. I mean, I will say at least the news from that seems to be better than initially expected. Right. It doesn't seem it's a high ankle sprain. It's, you know, thankfully not anything involving a muscle. So I think he won't play this week against the Giants, but you're probably, I think, going to see him in the playoffs. All right, let's go up to uh, the great Northeast in Boston. Let's go to our man, Noel, who's the Eagles fan up there. What's up, Noel? Welcome to the afternoon show. Uh, happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, happy guys. New Year. Needless to say, it, it was a horrible holiday weekend. <laughs> got, let's just put it out there like that. Look, Elliot, I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but um, I, I've just got to rip apart, if I can, as nicely as I can, a few things that you said. Go for it. Um, and, and the first thing is, the first thing that you said is there is nothing wrong with the play calling, the offensive scheme, yeah. or the offensive game planning. And I just don't know how, with a straight face, you can look at this team and say that. And I'll go back, and let me just finish my point, and I'll let yeah, you go jump for it. in. Go I'll for go it. back go to, you know, Sirianni when he started out, uh, and the offense just poor, bad, like bad starts. We know what the problems were. Gave over play calling to Steichen. Now it's back in his control. Like we all said, he sat at that podium three weeks ago and said, this is my offense, same offense we've been running for three, three years. I do the game plan. Essentially, Brian Johnson's getting a menu of plays that he called, that he dials up on Sundays. But, look, I know you're an analyst. I don't think you've ever played competitive football. I'm not, I don't it's know. It's a good I, guess I, by you. Yeah, it's a good guess. Okay, so <laughs> I have listened to tons, tons of analysts over the last six to eight weeks, especially, dissect this Eagles offense, and they, each of them have said it is predictable. It is stale. It is, people have been talking about the lack of motion and, and, and how important it is to offenses to scheme wide receivers open. And Sirianni Gate stood up there three weeks ago and equivocated when asked about motion. You know, oh, it's situational. It depends on what the defense presents us. No, it doesn't. The best offenses use it repeatedly. Well, let me, well, we let me ask you this. Last. Let me, let Wait, me ask hold you on. One. Let, let right, me just finish. Ahead, let me just finish. Go ahead, go ahead, we, go ahead. Are dead la- we are dead last with respect to using motion. We're dead last into running from running Jalen Hurts under center. And when you run exclusively out of the shotgun formation, you take about 40% of NFL run concepts mm-hmm. completely off the table. You can't even run them. We run in between the tackles all the time. And the reason you said you called something out in the, in the game on Sunday, you said there were five guys in the backfield when Jalen ran that second quarterback sweep. And that's because Jack Stoll ran onto the field. That was the play where there was confusion between Stoll and and right, Julio hold on, really Jones. quick, because I want to I want to respond to what you say while, while you're on the phone. So, I look, yeah. I agree that the substitution stuff is bad, right? But you mentioned motion and how important it is, and the best offenses do it. They're dead last in the league this year in that. You know, last year though, they were 27th when Shane Steichen was here, so they did not run a ton of motion last year. In terms of running Jalen, running running plays from under center, they didn't do that last year either, right? So, if you want to say they have to counterpunch to what they were doing, I think there may be some truth to that. But the offense is fifth in the league in points per drive. They're going to end up averaging more points per drive this year against a much tougher set of defenses than they played last year. Everyone likes to bring up how easy the quarterbacks were that Gannon faced last year. They faced bad defenses all last year. This year they faced four of the, fo- four of the top five defenses in the NFL. So if you want to say the offense needs to counterpunch and like not every play call is perfect, for sure. I agree with that. But if this team didn't fumble it as much as they did, if they didn't turn it over, over as much as they did, they would probably have the top scoring offense in the NFL. So I can't sit here and say there's major scheme problems when they're moving the ball up and down the field outside of turnovers. Well, Sunday was more about uh, the defense. 
defense, in my opinion. For sure, 100%. It, it wasn't until yeah. that final drive, the, the second to last drive, um, that I really put any blame on the offense Sunday. They, they just about scored with every drive they had, it, with the exception of a couple. Right, they only um, had the ball like nine minutes in yeah, the first half. Yeah, the first half, half they only had it nine minutes. Now, you can't come out and start the game and go three and out. That, that was terrible. Yep. Um, but I could have predicted that considering it was a one o'clock game. Have we come out and did anything in a one uh, o'clock game to start th- yet? For them, eight o'clock is, is the normal time. <laughs> exactly. They, yes. I know, I can speak for myself. It felt like that game started at seven in the morning. Yeah. Like, so, with how used we are to these I, games. I, I completely was not shocked with us going three and out in that, in that first series. But we seemed to get ourselves together, and it was 21-6 to six by the half. But even with that 21-6, to six, you realize the Cardinals had been dominating the time of possession. Yeah. I mean, they dominated the time of possession that first half. It was a little like half. the Niners game when the Eagles dominated that first quarter but were only up 6 nothing. Yes. And, Grant, that's not as big of a lead. But it just felt like the game you were watching did not match the score. And obviously seven of the points came from my boy Sidney Brown's uh, 99-yard pick six. Sideline. Need to see more of him uh, out there on the field. Yeah. I know it was a bad route ran by the receiver and miscommunication with the quarterback. I don't care. 99 yards is 99 My yards. My only point is that Arizona was driving then. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like they looked like they well, were they about to drive. I don't think they punted They didn't punt the game. entire game. Yeah. So I, we, we, we've talked a lot about the offense because we like to focus on that side of the ball. But Sunday's game was not about the offense to me. That was a terrible display of football from the defense, in my opinion. And that's where a lot, of part, a lot of our work is going to have to be done this offseason personnel-wise. Personnel-wise, offensively, we're going to have pretty much the same guys next yeah. year. Now, schematically, does some things need to change? Sure, and we'll see what they need to do as far as are you going to bring in a new play caller? Are you bringing in somebody to help out with the play designs? I don't know. I'm, I'd be shocked if they leave it status quo next year well, some, offensively. Someone's- there's going to be some change yes. of something. That, just that's because what I'm saying. If you underachieve like this to what they're expecting. But to what you're saying about this. But defensively the, is what I'm saying. Personnel is where a lot of our issues are at on that side. Well, of what, it's not about schemes defensively. Something you said earlier caught my attention because I agreed with it Like when it was said. They have one of the best rosters in the NFL. And then coming into the year, the expectation was, you know, Super Bowl, Final Four, like whatever. Yeah. But if you look at who's playing on defense right now, they do not have one of the best talented defense in the no. NFL. And the personnel has changed. Like, Keely Ringo, I think, for, for a rookie, has had a very encouraging start yeah. to his career. Look forward to seeing him But yeah, more, But in yeah. terms of being a cornerback that can start for you on a team that's going to win a Super Bowl, he is not there right now. Not there yet. Eli Ricks has been up and down, some major highs, some major lows. I think very encouraging for next year. Not somebody that should be getting major snaps on this defense. The linebackers aren't great. Kevin oh Byard God. has struggled. Yeah. Reed Blankenship might just be a guy. Like, he's a nice player, but I don't think he, he can't be the best safety you have on your roster. And then the pass rush isn't getting home. So while on offense, there are things we can nitpick and, like, play calls and all that, they have one of the best offenses in the NFL. Personnel-wise. Yeah, well, and statistically, like in terms of the points, well, it matters. I'm <laughs> no, saying, you're right. I, like, they, I'm not going to argue with you. On, they on, put on up the a notes. ton of points. Yes. They yep. do. Yep. The issue is on defense, they have maybe the worst defense in the NFL right now, especially with how that pass rush is working. Well, we thought Arizona had the worst defense. Well, Gannon will never have the worst <laughs> defense, but. I mean, as, but, but also as much as we want to focus on the secondary players, Hassan Reddick has not not been an impact player. Josh Sweat is not getting home. Jalen Carter has cooled off. Like mm-hmm. they, the the defense is only ever going to be as good as their pass rush, and right now the pass rush is not getting home. Yeah, good talent there though. You know, I'm not ready to move on from Hassan Reddick. No, not me, me either. Yeah. We've seen a pass. We haven't had a pass rusher around here with with back to back double digit sack seasons. When's the last time we did that? Did, the ba- same did guy. Babin do it? 
Yeah, but I hated his yeah, sex. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I hated no, his well, sex. He was I hated not, anything not, about not, that. Not a run stop, yeah. to say the least. Well, some say Hassan's not. But I'm just yeah. saying, I still like Hassan right. way more than uh, Jason Babin. All right, let's go back to the phones. We got more fans up in Boston than I realized. Now we got Gary, who's up in Boston. Gary, welcome to the afternoon show. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. In What's spite up, of everything gang? that's happened. <laughs> I'm a lifelong Philly fan, Eagles fan, Sixers fan, raised in media, been in Boston. For what about the, the Flyers? The Flyers years. are the hottest team in the city right now. Oh, Flyers, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the first year they came to Philly. <laughs> but I, uh, my perspective is, is this. I mean, they, they are in a tailspin. But the yep. players have got to put on their big boy pants and take some responsibility and to step up in the leadership role. And you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to give them up, Sirianni or the team. But they got to stop looking towards the future and just play each game at a time. Uh, and everybody own what they've got to own. And AJ Brent, I mean, you're making twenty five million dollars a year. I mean, come on. Well, Gary, Gary, to to your point, Gary, what I think this team, like, look, the the playoffs, if they can win that first playoff game and get some momentum going, Mm -hmm. like, they have the talent to to do what we still think that they could do, at least on the offensive side of the ball, in the postseason. But I think what Gary says is so true. It feels like this team makes it harder on themselves with the attitude as well on the sideline. I know, look, we'll talk to Brandon and Jordan Mailata. Yeah, Jordan Mailata coming up at the, uh, the top of the hour, 3 o'clock, yeah. Eagles left tackle, Jordan Mailata. It just feels like for as accomplished as they are and as, as good as they are, sometimes it feels like almost like I believe in them more than they believe in themselves. Because when things go poorly, you see it start to, to spiral a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm surprised by that. Like sometimes I want to shake them and say, you guys do realize you're the same team that almost won the Super Bowl last year, was 10-1 and one this year. A month ago, Jalen was the MVP favorite. Yeah. Nick was talked about as like, you know, being one of the best head coaches in the league. There is a much larger sample size of this team playing well and being one of the best teams in the league than what they're going through right now. And I'm not trying to minimize what they're going through because they mm-hmm. are in a tailspin, and it is not going well. But it feels like part of the issue is they themselves – don't feel like they're going to get themselves out of it. Well, I wonder I wonder how far, and that, and that sort of leads into the whole believing in the coach because the coach certainly hasn't given up on the season. He's certainly preaching, continuing to work and getting this thing turned around. But I'm wondering if the players believe in his messaging. And one player in particular, A.J. Brown, um, I'm wondering if he still believes in the messaging, if he believes in the offense, if he believes in the play calling. So this is sort of a two-pronged question here with A.J. Uh, do you believe that he still has full confidence in Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni? I'll just couple them together right. as a duo instead of separating one from the other. And they, they belong, they deserve to be coupled Yeah, together, and it's yeah. offensive philosophy in general. Do you think this is where A.J.'s source of frustration lies? Yeah, I do. Um, and look, Jay, by, by not talking, AJ is allowing us to basically guess at what he. Because first we said. thought it was him. And like, could this be something between him and Jalen? Right, right. You know, or something like well, that. Well, I just think if you look at AJ's body language in between plays, he looks very frustrated in what's going on. So yeah. even if you want to couple together Sirianni, Brian Johnson, you could put Jalen in there too. It seems like AJ, and I know Sirianni talked about it this morning and said we're speculating on what it is, but if AJ's not going to talk, then this is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's going to be it, speculation. Like, it is yeah. what it is. We're not just going to ignore the fact AJ's not talking. So I do think AJ seems very frustrated, um, clearly. And he did say after the game Sunday that he's not frustrated with the media. So it's not that he, he cleared feels, that up. Yeah, 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 not us. So, yeah, exactly. We didn't do anything <laughs> to him. 
I just what, what's surprising to me about AJ is, mm-hmm. and it, it's worth mentioning, AJ is probably probably the best receiver that's ever worn an Eagles jersey. Like T.O. had one. I wouldn't go that far. Well, I'm saying in well, terms of his – He's put up better numbers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Mike Quick is awesome. He's not T.O. Yeah. No, 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 I agree. But yeah. I'm saying T.O. was only here one year. Yes. Yeah. So A.J. could end up being one of the most accomplished slash best receivers in Eagles history, and that cannot be overlooked. Yep. My only issue with what A.J. is doing is, is he helping the situation? Like how, how he is handling this is not – it does not feel like it is with the, with the idea of helping the team. And I know that's what A.J. wants. He's talked about how he wants to win here, and, he, and that's what he had last year, and he's put up great numbers. But by not talking, he is raising the temperature on this team higher than it already is. He didn't talk after the win after the Giants, mm-hmm. which created the perception yep. that the team was not happy after the win, mm-hmm. didn't talk during the week, didn't talk after the game. And playing in Philadelphia is not easy. It's tons of pressure from the fans and the media, and there's great things that come from that. But the downside of it is when you're not playing well, it is extremely tense. And you could probably speak to that oh, from yeah. someone that was there. What AJ is doing, although you'd have barely lost. I but, would know. And also, I was never that guy. So I, the pressure but, but on me the, was never nearly but the point I didn't I'm making have any is, pressure. Right. But, <laughs> but the point I'm making is by not talking, AJ is making it tougher on this team than it has to be. If AJ would have talked after the Giants game or talked during the week, there would not be – Jalen wouldn't be asked about it. Devontae wouldn't be asked about it. Nick wouldn't be asked about it multiple times. Jason Kelsey wouldn't be asked about it. I'm sure we'll talk to Jordan and Brandon mm-hmm. about it. Like, I think AJ – has the right intention where he wants to help the team win. I just think by not talking, he is making this harder on, on the team than it has to be. I want to, I want to dive, well, I'm glad we got more time because I want to dive into that a little bit more. Just that whole – because I think there is some truth to that. I, I do. When, when, when you're the level of player that A.J. Brown is and holds the status that he does on the team, whether you know it or not, everybody is looking at your reaction He's to a things. captain. Yes, you're a captain. So – his frustration and, and that sort of thing can have an impact in the locker room. I'm going to get another call in here before we go to break. Jordan Malata coming up on the other side. Let's get Ernie in here from uh, Germantown. Ernie, yo, welcome yo. to the afternoon show. Ike and Reese, what's up, player? What's up, brother? Hey, man, my first time calling. I don't even know your co-host name, man. That's Elliot Shore Parks. <laughs> what up, man? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, oh. It's okay, man. Whoever's calling these defenses, got to go. They're not challenging these players. They got them lined up so far back. The middle of the field is like Swiss cheese, mushy. And you know around with mushy. <laughs> I guarantee you Saquon Barkley up the right eight right now get the, the rib extra fins because he can't wait for Sunday to run up the middle one up. Yeah, yeah like, they saw what James Conner did. Yeah, yeah. After that, you don't even know James Conner. I didn't even know his name until Sunday. <laughs> now watch what Saquon do. It's over, Ike. This season is over, man. They're yeah, going to the get deep, ran up defense, in on, on Sunday. Yeah. They're going to get ran up in on playoff time, off season. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, the, nobody... the, defense, the defense has not been good enough. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, the defense yeah. has not Up been good enough. It. And going yeah. from the side of Patricia seems to have not helped. Yeah, well, and, and it lets you know that it isn't about scheme. Yep. It's, it's not so much about scheme as it is. Uh, personnel. We got Eagles left tackle Jordan Mailata joining us here on the afternoon show on the other side. Also, former Eagles great quarterback Donovan McNabb will be joining us uh, at 4 o'clock. Uh, we're here at Chickens and Pizza in South Philly, and it's brought to you by Chickens and Pizza in South Philly. Make sure you join us live tonight for the Brandon Graham Show and the Players Lounge at 6 p.m. and continuing through the Eagles playoffs. We will have you here. So, yeah, 215-592-9494. We're still asking the question, 
Have you given up on Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni? Elliot and I are still hanging in there. I, listen, I, there, there's a lot of things you can be frustrated with with the coach, but I, I don't think that he is the major reason the team is where they're at right now, although it's his job as head coach that the responsibility lies at his feet. It just, it yeah, just the does. sloppy play is what's yes. most concerning. Yes, that, that, that is there. But, man, a lot of these players got to look in the mirror, man, and get some things changed. All right, we'll, we'll discuss it with one of the players, and I'll get his thoughts on what he feels about Coach Sirianni and where they're at right now. Uh, 215-592-9494. Uh, afternoon, Charles. I was about to say the wrong name of the show for the first time. I can right, ESPN. <laughs> right here on 94 WIP. All right, the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Now, that's $150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. I really like the FanDuel app. It's easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. How about make a parlay in the Parlay Hub? And that's the best way to find popular parlays and more. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash Ike and make your first bet a touchdown. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.